בשם השם נעשה ונצליח, שיעור תורה, ברוכים הבאים. Uh, we are uh, back here on a Wednesday night, Stump the Rabbi, where uh, after a little bit of דברי תורה, you guys ask some questions, and הקדוש ברוך הוא בעזרת השם will give us the answers. Tonight's שיעור will be for עילוי uh, נשמת אסתר בת סול, uh, and also for a uh, רפואה שלמה for רבנית uh, לבנה בת שרה, רבנית שרה בת ענת. רב אפרים בן שולמית, אורית בת אילנה, טליה בת שרה, יתרו בן אברהם, דוד בן עשריה, דוריס בת ג'ורה, ג'שוע בן נוח, and also for a הצלחה רבה for מרשה בת ג'ולי, איילה בת מרשה, סמיאל בן מרשה, ספס בן מרשה, אלכזנדר בן מרשה, לואיס בן מרשה, שאול בן פרזנה, ראובן חיים בן פעלה פארל, אין עוד סוף איזה יבוג הגון, יתרו בן אברהם, אושרי בן דוריס, גבי בן דוריס, אלעד בן דוריס, דוד בן עשריה, ונתנאל יוסף בן אברהם. הקדוש ברוך הוא יברך אותם, and all of עם ישראל, and all of the uh, righteous Noahais that continue to support all of the amazing things that uh, we're doing, ברוך השם, uh, at the organization of Be'ezrat Hashem. For anybody that uh, doesn't know or uh, simply forgets, uh, please download our app. This is the best place to uh, watch our lectures, and uh, if you uh, haven't noticed, lately we've been testing out putting this lecture uh, and the other lectures that we do during the week live on the app, uh, and not just on Facebook. Baruch Hashem, most of the time it's working. We've had a couple of uh, hiccups where it actually stops uh, the live feed uh, suddenly in the middle of the lecture. Uh, but most of the time it's been reliable and it's completed the entire lecture. So uh, for anybody that wants to watch the live lectures, you can watch them live on, uh, you know, on Sunday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday nights that we have our lectures. Uh, of course, pay attention to the notifications on the app. The app you can download for free on the App Store on Android and on Google, uh, Android and on uh, um, iPhone. Um, or you can just go to our website and uh, the link is over there to download the app. Uh, also, I highly recommend for people to join our WhatsApp group. Our WhatsApp groups, we have Baruch Hashem, many of them. Uh, this is the best place, I think even better than Facebook, to get updates on all of the uh, things that are going on at the organization, whether it's uh, updates of the new lectures, new clips, campaigns, notifications, everything that, uh, that's going on is the uh, first place it goes to is WhatsApp. Uh, so for anybody who uh, wants to join the WhatsApp group, you can just simply uh, send us a uh, message on WhatsApp. And uh, after answering some questions to verify that you're not some crazy missionary, we'll add you to the group as of the ship. Uh, so with that being said, I mean, there's a lot to say about Hashem. The Torah is an uh, endless ocean. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's see because we have a uh, we have a world today Baruch Hashem that is uh, slowly but surely becoming more and more like Sodom uh, which Hashem destroyed already uh, several times in the past we destroyed the generation of Noah when they uh, wanted to uh, live a world that's antithetical to the rules of God uh, he destroyed the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah He destroyed Egypt. He destroyed all of these great civilizations, uh, great in size and power, uh, but uh, not, uh, not great in uh, spirituality and actual real uh, contribution to, uh, to, uh, to the world of, uh, of Hashem. 
But nonetheless, uh, the world today is slowly but surely becoming uh, more and more like Sodom. And unfortunately, there are some Jews that are in the forefront of trying to expedite this uh, in uh, making this world more and more like Sodom. And uh, whether it's the uh, wicked people that are in uh, Hollywood or it's the uh, ones that are uh, trying to become more famous like this, uh, uh, you know, wicked cursed show called uh, Unorthodox that I keep hearing about. Uh, or it's the uh, government members and different members of society in, a, uh, in Israel that, uh, you know, simply hate the Torah so much that they forgot to even read or even know what it is. But they're so full of hatred that they do anything and everything possible uh, to, uh, to keep it away from them. And you, you see from time to time people send me videos and somebody uh, sent me a, like, literally like a 30 second, 40 second video of some secular idiot uh, that uh, just simply was yelling and almost beating up a real estate agent uh, in Israel because he was showing an apartment to a religious couple. And uh, he, because he didn't want any religious people to move into the neighborhood. I mean, the, the, the sociopaths uh, in society today, it's, it's, it's really, it feels like it's a new thing. But as Shlomo Amelach says, there's nothing new under the sun. Now, of course, the, the new government today in Israel is at war with the Torah. The new government in America is at war with the Torah. This is not a new thing. Uh, this is just the uh, uh, the phase that we're at. The phase that we're at. This phase comes and goes throughout the generations. And uh, but really, if we see uh, if we see the, the parasha, we see that this is not only uh, uh, something new, uh, not only something that's not new, but actually something that we already know what the conclusion of it is going to be. And uh, really, what I'm going to try to do today, because the Shem, after showing a few points, is try to get a better understanding of what are they really fighting? What are they really fighting? And, and do they have anything better to offer? So here in the Parashat Re'eh, in this week's Parashat, Book of Deuteronomy, Parashat Re'eh, chapter uh, 11, end of chapter 11 uh, of Book of Deuteronomy is where it begins. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Am Yisrael, Re'eh anuchi noten lifnechem ayom bracha uklala. Here it says, See, I present before you today a blessing and a curse. Notice it's not a blessing or a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. That's what the Torah is. Torah is everything. It's not this or this. It's both. It's both. There is no. Uh, it's 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 not. Uh, 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 it, uh, if you uh, live in this world and uh, you do whatever you want, perhaps your life is going to be a blessing or a curse. No. If you do what Hashem says, your life will be a blessing. If you do uh, what Hashem uh, against what Hashem says, your life will be a curse. Simple, because that's that's in essence the rules of the world. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu says the blessing. That if you uh, uh, if you hearken to the blessing, to the uh, to the commandments of Hashem, your God, that I command you today, and the curse if you do not hearken to the commandments of Hashem, your God, 
and you stray from the path that I command you today to follow gods of others that you did not know. Now, of course, most people look at this and say, oh, gods of others, idolatry. Well, you know, uh, even though there's unfortunately a, uh, uh, some Jews that are so far from Judaism that they go to Christianity uh, or the new version of Christianity called Messianic Judaism, but it's obviously no different than Christianity Mamash, uh, because the Christians rebrand themselves, just like Nike and Adidas and all the other uh, uh, things out there. They, they rebrand themselves. Christianity rebrands itself because it uh, wants to uh, fool more people. And it's taken advantage of people's uh, ignorance, just like it has from its foundation. Uh, that's, in essence, the, uh, uh, the biggest liars in history, obviously, come from Christianity, simply because the whole religion is based on one big lie. That some woman that was a zona, uh, you know, uh, brought a child to the world from uh, from God. Uh, so you know, the whole religion is based on lies, and nonetheless, that's what they do today. They call themselves Messianic Jews. You know, they, <laughs> it's the most absurd uh, oxymoron in the history of man. But nonetheless, there are people that are going there, and generally speaking, you'll find the people that are going there are going there because they never actually read the Chumash in their life. They never understood what they read. They simply are just following what some fool with a, uh, uh, with a uh, sophisticated language uh, told them and, uh, in essence, uh, uh, enamored them with their speech. That's generally what, uh, what, what happens in the, in the world today of people that leave uh, their, uh, their heritage uh, that they weren't so connected to, uh, uh, to begin with and go to Christianity. But that's a small amount. Still we see that there are a lot of people that are uh, not necessarily going to Christianity, but are still considered idol worshippers according to the Torah. Why? Because they live their lives against the, uh, the rules of God, uh, mainly uh, do not keep Shabbat, uh, dishonest in business, they eat non-kosher, and so on and so forth. So the Torah here is telling us that you should know that idolatry, when the Torah is mentioning idolatry, it's not just talking about uh, praying to some idol like Yoshke, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, or some Buddha statue, or some cow. No, it's a, it's anything that is foreign. Avodah Zarah is serving something other than Hashem. So serving something other than Hashem could be serving money. You know, instead of coming to a Shi'ut Torah, you uh, instead are uh, choosing to uh, to work extra and to because you think that you can make more money. Not that Hashem is going to give you more money, but you can make more money. Uh, or to uh, go chase a, uh, you know, a, uh, a girl. Because uh, instead of uh, learning Torah, instead you're, uh, you know, you're learning about uh, women. You're learning about sports. You're learning about money. You're learning about everything else but Hashem. This is a form of Avodah Zarah. And in essence, the whole uh, secular world is a form of Avodah Zarah. Uh, not Avodah Zarah Mamash, but nonetheless, it's a form of Avodah Zarah where people are serving something else. And in many cases, it's either money or it's uh, their desires uh, or it's a, uh, you know, something uh, in, in between those. But nonetheless, the Torah is mentioning Avodah Zarah because when somebody performs Avodah Zarah, it's as if they've violated every single law in the Torah. Not just that one law, but the whole Torah itself. And Hashem says that if you're going to hearken to my commandments, if you're going to follow my commandments, then you're going to live a life that's full of blessing. That is the outcome of living a life full of Torah. 
It's not a, uh, it's not even a reward, but rather it's simply an outcome. Just like if a, uh, a person puts their hand on ice, the outcome is that their hand will be cold. If a person puts their hand in fire, the outcome is that their hand will be burned. Simple. It's not a punishment that the hand will be burned. And it's not a reward that your hand will be cold. It's simply an outcome of the actions. It's a cause and effect. And the uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu says that I created the world with such uh, nature, with such rules uh, instilled in it that you have blessing and a curse come automatically. When you live a life that is full of my Torah, you will live a life of blessing. When you live a life that's full of uh, idol worship, uh, you know, Avodah Zarah, foreign worship, your life will be cursed. Now, of course, many people don't see this that way when they're not living a life that's full of Torah. Uh, you know, even if a person uh, claims to be religious, puts on a kippah, perhaps keeps a few mitzvot, but is not really glued to the Torah, is not really serving Hashem 100%, it has, uh, has their heart a little bit here and a little bit there, which in essence means they're 100% uh, far from Hashem, then uh, what ends up happening is that uh, many times those people are looking at the grass being greener on the other side, where they see that the secular world perhaps uh, looks better. Like this one uh, you know, uh, young kid that uh, I spoke to uh, yesterday, I've been trying to uh, explain to this kid that there's nothing that I can tell him that he would simply uh, understand, uh, not because he's stupid, but rather because he's spiritually defective because of the sins that he's making. I mean, I could show him every single thing under the sun and he'll find some way to just tell me he just doesn't want to believe it or he's having a hard time believing it. And, and, it's, and it's not even just Torah. It's literally anything that I say he has a problem with. And uh, I told him, if you, you know, if you stop making these specific sins, one of the main uh, being a, a wasting seed, you'll, uh, you'll uh, at least make yourself into a better vessel to accept the truth for what it is. Uh, but his his uh, response to that was that there is some type of homosexual rapper uh, that uh, performed some show and then uh, did some type of uh, abominated uh, abomination on stage and he got a standing ovation and he and, and this young kid this young foolish kid thinks that this is success there's obviously nothing further from the truth this is the most filthy disgusting thing in the world. And in the previous generation, that it was stoned both of them. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, society today does believe that that is success. That if you get on stage and you perform an abominable act, then you are successful. If you, uh, you know, have a headline in a newspaper telling people how much money you have in a bank account or you're supposed to have in a bank account, that means you're successful. And of course, we've had this discussion many times. HaKadosh Baruch Hu disagrees. Hashem disagrees where he says, if you're living with my Torah, but you're 100% with me, you live a life of blessing. If you're not with the Torah, you live a life that's full of curses. And in reality, when you look closer into people's lives, that's what you see. That's actually what you see. When you read, for example, uh, Arav Shvadron, Rav Shalom Shvadron, Rav Shalom, was one of the Gdolei Ador in the previous generation, uh, not just in, a, uh, in uh, Torah wisdom, but also as a speaker, as, a, as an inspiration to the generation, was one of the Gdolim in the previous generation. But Rav Shvadron lived in, in the type of poverty that uh, really uh, you wouldn't even wish on your enemies. But nonetheless, they were completely happy, so much so that they felt that they have enough to spare. 
they have enough to spare remember the story that i told you i believe last week where they all they uh they didn't have enough money to buy a refrigerator or a cooler uh and they would keep the food in a well because it would keep it cool uh so now i uh another th- another thing is that one of the things that Rav Badon taught his children how to become tzadikim how do you make your children tzadikim by simply teaching them to be full of chesed non-stop kindness to society as much kindness as humanly possible if you don't want to be kind you don't belong in this house and as soon as the children got to uh, a certain age they uh he would send them on missions to perform kindness in the community these is instead of you know having the girls roam the streets and get bored and and cause trouble what would he do they would find out which uh which woman is now a uh, widow which uh, person is lonely and they would send their uh his uh his daughters to uh stay with those uh, with those poor women so keep them company keep them company even though some of these women lived in horrific conditions of poverty where in one particular case it says that uh one of the daughters you know was a uh, complaint because there was a hole there was a hole in the ceiling of the woman she was staying with and the whole night the uh, the water was dripping on her head and she said I, I I'm willing to do everything but this is just too much and simply hey, they figured out a solution for it they figured out a solution for it where you'll still be able to stay there but you won't necessarily have to suffer the, the water dripping on your head while you're sleeping on the floor but see this is young kids performing chesed which complete strangers in some cases even people that were uh for all intents and purposes uh you know uh, antagonizers and enemies of the shvadon family they would still send their girls to go help these poor people uh so much so that uh he would have guests guests in his house people that you wouldn't even want to uh, uh walk next to but as soon as he would see that these people did not have a place uh uh for shabbat he would invite them and put them and sit them at the head of the table and in one particular case it says uh that uh uh there was a guy that it was simply a uh everyone when they saw him in shul they immediately stayed six feet away from him why he was so poor that he didn't have the ability to change didn't have the ability to uh to be didn't have the ability to do a lot of things to the extent where you saw the fleas the fleas on his clothes the fleas in those days they didn't have uh the easy way of to kill these things like they do today if something uh if fleas go on something that's it you have to pretty much destroy it so uh you know and Rav Spadron invited this person to his house for Shabbat he didn't have him sleep at the house but rather went to uh uh, uh the uh, one of the uh, uh someone that owned a uh, hotel motel type of place in the uh, in the area convinced him to give him the room and he's gonna pay him whatever damages happened to the uh to the furniture and everything in the room uh as a result of these fleas and this person sleeping there but coming out of his pocket doesn't know the guy from adam but he sees this is a jew this is a son of a Baruch Hu, i owe him kindness why do i owe him kindness because I need to fix myself so you see that these types of things they don't happen in the secular world because there's no such mentality in the secular world to help some uh, uh some complete stranger for the sake of fixing yourself usually when you see people uh helping others it's in order to get credit to make themselves feel better 
it's uh, it's in order to make themselves look better but not the understanding that you helping another is in essence helping yourself become better become better so here the, the life of a jew uh a, a religious jew versus the life of a secular person uh jew or otherwise are completely different based on the perspective of, uh, of how they look at life what they get out of life and in today's world unfortunately uh it's growing closer and closer to being more and more like sodom and gomorrah and in some cases i think it's worse now kadosh Baruch Hu says that uh, in the same parasha that uh, you shall be careful to perform all the decrees and the ordinances that i present before you today i believe this is a personal rebuke to every single person in this generation especially people that are tempted to live a more modern type of life where you're cutting off the mitzvot whether they're rabbinical or they're biblical mitzvot such as modesty uh you see that in different communities among am israel people are starting to cut off different mitzvot and modernizing the torah uh apparently they forgot that torah is eternal and torah says that you have to uh be careful to perform all of the decrees not just the ones that you feel like doing now when uh, when it comes to uh when it comes to foreign worship whether that foreign worship is uh money or or, or desires or actual idol of some kind like in christianity akadosh Baruch Hu discusses this uh extensively in this parasha, parasha saying that uh, you shall smash their pillars and their sacred trees shall you burn in fire all these christmas trees that people have uh, renamed into hanukkah trees the only mitzvah to do with a tree is to uh, as far as as far as bringing it to your house is simply to destroy it there's no such thing as a hanukkah tree and it can never be a hanukkah tree why because this custom comes from idolatry and by default becomes a hate a hated custom a hated uh uh, uh act uh of idolatry uh and a kadoshba who hates idolatry so much that it says the batim et shmam that uh, you shall obliterate their name the Gemara says that what does it mean to obliterate their name from here we learn that there's a mitzvah to make fun of anything to do with idolatry it's 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 a mitzvah to call uh uh uh, uh Jesus of Nazareth Yeshu which means which is the acronym may his name be blotted out it's a mitzvah to do that mitzvah from the Torah not like it's a nice thing to do it's a mitzvah from the Torah just like putting on tefillin to say about Christianity is a mitzvah from the Torah. To make fun of it, to come up with all types of names to mock it is a mitzvah from the Torah. Now again, you have to be smart with mitzvot. You can't be stupid with mitzvot. Don't go into a church full of uh, uh, full of Christians and tell them that uh, they're all idol worshippers and uh, have uh, throw rocks at them. Obviously, no one is saying to do stupid things like this, but nonetheless when when you understand that it's a mitzvah to make fun of idolatry it's a mitzvah to make fun of these idolatrous practices this is when a person truly understands how much a kadosh Hu detests it and how they can never be a replacement uh to judaism to the torah itself now uh the parasha continue continues to talk about uh different acts of uh uh tzedakah that we were obligated to do that uh 
Uh, but then it starts talking about business, where it says that uh, that uh, you shall not do like everything that we do here today, uh, rather every man what is proper in his eyes. For you will not have, will not yet have to come. Uh, uh, so here, Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to tell us that a person needs to understand that they cannot just simply do whatever they feel like it. Whatever sounds good in... Uh, in in their uh, in your own eyes because uh, when a person starts doing things whatever sounds good to them whatever makes sense to them little by little there will be destroying the torah and this is actually one of the things that's happening in the uh in the secular world today where people think that they're doing good for the sake of society even if sometimes they're religious by saying listen you know we believe in god but everybody else has a right to do whatever they want like there's this one uh, one rabbi who is a well-known in Eretz Israel, uh, who uh, uh, published and sold a million copies of a book, which is uh, an extraordinary uh, uh, achievement. But unfortunately, uh, it was better off that he never even studied Torah. Why? Because apparently at some point his mind went crazy and he started telling people that uh, it's okay for the reform to be given a spot at the Kotel. It's okay to accept all Jews as they are, even if they're enemies of Hashem, even if they're enemies of God. Now, this person thinks that he's doing a good thing, but in reality, some of the G'dolei Adar are coming out against him, uh, saying that this person might as well just throw away his keeper, Throw away his keeper. And unfortunately, he's not the only one. There are many people that call themselves religious Zionists or modern Orthodox or all types of other uh, 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 names that uh, thinking that, listen, we could be uh, uh, one nation under God, even if they don't believe in God. And it's the most ridiculous notion in the world. Why? Because you think that you're doing something good by being united with another Jew and in essence enabling them to continue destroying their life, destroying their children's life, destroying the Jewish people, destroying society. You think that you accepting them as they are and in essence even supporting them for the way they behave, you think that that's actually a good thing. You think that's actually even a mitzvah. Like many people think, oh, why do you uh, uh, talk about uh, people that uh, uh, desecrate Shabbat so uh, so harshly? You know, you should love all Jews. They don't realize the Torah says that to not rebuke is actually uh, the worst thing you can do. That's actually hating them. That's an evil act. It's considered an evil act not, not to rebuke. When you're rebuking your fellow Jew for doing something wrong, you're doing kindness by that person. But unfortunately, many people have what's called a rosh uh, meshubash. It's a, it's a, uh, a, 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 a head that, that's uh, unfortunately uh, upside down, let's just say. And, um, and they believe that they are more merciful than God. They believe that they're more kind than God. They believe that they know better. So what do they want to do? They want to let everybody live the way they want to live. And unfortunately, many times, these are the people that are behind some of the worst things that are happening in society and uh, thinking that this is going to help. So for example, some of the things that are happening right now in Eretz Yisrael is that they're pushing that there is going to be uh, to simply remove all power from the rabbinut they no longer want the uh, orthodox jews to be heads of the rabbinut in fact 
They want a, uh, a person that is not even religious to be the head of the religious uh, uh, section of, of the government. It's, it's, it's the most absurd thing in the world. They do not want to have the Rabbanut have any power in the world. In fact, they want a bunch of, uh, of non-religious Jews, secular Jews, choose who's going to be the Dayan in every location. No longer is this going to be under the uh, control of the Rabbanut. They want uh, Kashrut simply to be determined by, uh, you know, by the people that are clueless about Kashrut. Uh, allow everything and anything. No problem. They want conversions to be allowed for everybody, whether it's a reform conversion, a uh, conservative conversion, a uh, orthodox conversion. They want everybody to be converted without any test, without any verification, without anything, just all types of conversions. They want you to be able to marry anything. You want to marry a man, marry a man, a man, marry a dog. You want to marry a cat. You want to marry a moose. You want to marry your computer. Perhaps you want to marry a cup. Whatever you want to marry, they want to allow it over there. Now, here, in essence, all of these different so-called decrees, the, the, the uh, uh, marriage, conversion, uh, kashrut, uh, the rabbanut, in essence, this is the secular people uh declaring war on the torah declaring war on the religious people at least that's what it is in their mind unfortunately they have some religious people that are supporting them in the name of unity so-called unity uh now anyone that understands just what's really uh what how the world really operates really realizes within a moment that all they're doing is declaring a war against themselves the secular people are declaring a war against themselves with all of these decrees that they want to pass to weaken the rabbanut to in essence uh make uh, kosher not kosher to allow anybody to convert and to allow anybody to marry whatever they want all of these things are only going to hurt the non-religious people it's not going to affect the religious jews at all i don't know why there are religious jews that are worried about this as far as as if it's going to hurt us it's not going to hurt us at all it's only going to hurt the non-religious jews now of course it hurts us because we want the best for our brothers even if they're not religious because we want them to do tshuva but as far as impacting the religious community it won't impact us at all why first and foremost as far as the uh uh having anybody marry anybody you want to marry a cat you want to marry a dog you want to marry a wallet you want to marry a wall you want to marry a, a a pokemon go ahead how is that going to affect orthodox jews we marry each other you're never going to see a religious orthodox jew marrying some uh some pikachu we don't do that why because the torah tells us man marries woman woman marries man if you marry anything other than that you're simply not an orthodox jew so this whole issue of you know Allowing everybody to marry anybody doesn't affect the religious Jews at all. Kashrut and simply uh, uh, shutting down the Rabbanut, the, the Kashrut of the Rabbanut, that doesn't affect religious people either. Why? The religious people in Eretz Israel, they don't eat Rabbanut. They don't eat Rabbanut. They have higher stringencies on their Kashrut, which they eat something that's even higher level than, than the, the Rabbanut Kashrut. So the Rabbanut Kashrut, you can throw it in the garbage tomorrow, it won't affect a single religious Jew. 
What effect? We just eat the food that we make. We we, we eat the the kashrut that we 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 uh, we uh, keep anyway. We observe anyway. Doesn't affect us at all. Uh, as far as conversion, religious people don't convert. This only affects the secular people when they meet the non-Jew and they want to stay together. And uh, as a result of one person doing tshuva, the other person uh, uh, also wants to do tshuva. They want to convert and so on and so forth. Like my own personal story. Listen, if I was a Orthodox Jew, I would have never met my wife in the first place. It wouldn't affected. It wouldn't have affected me if I was a Orthodox from Jew like I am today. It wouldn't have affected me. But you see, they want to simply destroy the conversion world who are you destroying it for for the religious jews it doesn't affect them the if somebody wants to go from satmer to breslev they don't have to go and convert if someone wants to go from chabad to being a student of uh, ravovadia they don't have to convert there's no conversion conversion only happens if a non-jew wants to become a jew that is usually something that only affects the secular world why because religious jews don't go and date non-religious jews if anyone is dating and not a, a religious jews don't date uh non-jews if any jew is dating a non-jew they're not religious simply so this whole thing about conversion this whole thing about rabbanut this whole thing about kashrut this whole thing about marriage it only affects it only affects the secular people and they don't realize that they're shooting themselves in the foot and this is in essence what akadosh Bahu is telling us here that he's telling us don't do any of these things because you're going to have a very very difficult life so much so that you're going to be living a cursed life without even realizing it because you never saw a blessed life so you're going to be living a cursed life a cursed life and this is what ends up happening when a person does whatever they feel is right in the same parasha kadosh Baruch Hu repeats multiple times multiple times the torah says here in this week's parasha do what is good and right in the eyes of god do what is right in the eyes of god multiple times no less than three or four times it's mentioned in his parasha that right good is only determined by god himself you as a human being cannot determine good or bad if you do not have what's called da torah the opinion of a torah which in essence means the opinion of hashem you do not have the capability the ability the know-how to determine good or bad simple and what happens is is that many people that have never learned a single page of gemara never completed anything that's of of, of a significance in the torah are determining what's good and bad for society and destroying it in the process unfortunately this is happening both in the religious world and the non-religious world and it's not a new thing it's not a new thing the same thing happened in this parasha where it says all of these people doing you know determining what's good and what's bad without the torah is going to lead them astray how astray far far away from god like as far as what what was described at the beginning of the parasha 
which is idolatry in a, uh, chapter 13 it talks about says if there should stand in your midst a prophet or a dreamer of a dream and he will produce to you a sign or a wonder and the sign and the wonder comes about which he spoke to you about saying let us follow gods of others that you did not know and we shall worship them says someone's going to come to you perhaps his name is going to be muhammad maybe it's going to be uh mary magdalene or, or jesus of nazareth or buddha one of these people they're going to make some type of uh supernatural thing they're going to make some magic they're going to tell you something's going to happen and it actually happens let's say it happens let's say they made some magic trick and it happens okay but after they did that they told you listen shabbat is no longer on saturday it's on sunday kosher you don't have to keep it anymore the god is three it's not one and all this mumbo jumbo tells you listen the torah it's not the uh you know it's not the end we have a new testament we have a continuation we have a quran then akadosh baruch says you know that only your actions of thinking that you know what's good and what's bad is what led you to this point and now your only way out of this is to kill those people that you created to kill those people to destroy this idolatry from the world and that's what they did with uh, jesus of nazareth that's what they did with the false prophets of the past that's what eliyahu and avi elijah the prophet did with over 400 prophets but only after it caused an enormous amount of damage to am israel where the torah tells us do not hearken to the words of that prophet or to that dreamer of a dream for Hashem your God is testing you to know whether you love Hashem your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul Hashem your God you shall shall you follow and him shall you fear his commandments shall you observe and his voice shall you hearken him shall you serve and him shall you cleave to and that prophet and that dreamer of a dream shall be put to death for he had spoken perversion against the shem your god who takes you out of the land of egypt and who redeems you from the house of slavery and makes you uh, to make you stray from the path on which Hashem your god has commanded you to go and you shall destroy the evil from your midst now it continues says well what about if my son is the one that wanted to bring me to idolatry if my uh you know my mother wanted to bring me to idolatry what do i do with them the next thing says those people that brought you even if it's your son even if it's your friend even if it's your mother whoever it is you shall surely kill him your hand shall be the one that first kills him with stoning of course we don't kill anybody today because we don't have a sanhedrin but the point here being is that when someone is 
brings a jew to idolatry to 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 serving something other than hashem whether that is money desires women uh, 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 uh some type of statue whatever it is this is a punishable this is a death penalty type of act this is a horrible horrific act but the reality is how do we get to this point how do we go from being a from jew to being an idol worshiper how do we get to a point where our grandfathers were all from jews our great-grandfathers were some of them were big rabbis great-great-grandfathers practically every jew's great-great-grandfather or the one before is one of the doleado is one of the biggest rabbis in the world everybody's connected to a major giant in the previous generation but yet today they could be driving on shabbat eating pork on yom kippur how could that be it started simply with people thinking that they have a softer heart than Hashem. They have more mercy than Hashem. They have a better idea than Hashem. They have more logic than the Torah. They have more uh, uh, understanding than the big rabbis. They have better clarity of what the truth is, even if that truth goes against the Torah. And this, Rabotai, is how people have destroyed themselves and their families and their descendants and their eternities and their life and everything they never destroy the torah the torah is never being destroyed don't let anyone ever fool you in thinking that torah is ever going to be destroyed or that even the jewish people will ever be destroyed who promised us torah is eternal am israel is eternal why because who made them all one with him so although we go up and down as a people good times bad times some people live some people die some people get punished some people get rewarded and so on and so forth none of this secularism stupidity uh uh heresy is ever going to destroy the jewish people or the torah but it will destroy or build those that go against it or those that go and 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 uh, and, and follow it and in the process you see your friends your family your neighbors choose life or death but not just the simple meaning of life or death but rather a life full of life or a life full of death and this is one of the greatest things that you can learn today before you make big decisions to listen to people that are trying to pull you away from Hashem pull you away from Hashem with their dishonest dealings with their dishonest words with with all types of things that are foreign to our Torah anyone that tells you that you are allowed to be dishonest in business that you're allowed to cheat or lie that you're allowed to uh, desecrate Shabbat that you're allowed to do in essence violate the Torah in any way shape or form even the smallest the smallest mitzvah out there is simply a person that's no different than Jesus of Nazareth many people say listen okay fine I have some sins but it says that if you uh, uh, do tshuva from love then uh, you know Hashem turns all of your sins into mitzvot do you guys even understand what tshuva from love is do you know what tshuva from love is the Rama, the Rama in Shukhan Aruch, Psak Alacha, says a person has to be willing able and ready to give up all of his possessions all of his money not some of his money all of his money everything he has his entire stock portfolio bitcoin house uh investments everything he has literally become homeless in order to avoid a single sin one single thing 
he's, he's willing to give all of his money instead of making that sin. And he says, that's not even loving Hashem. That's just basic. That's just basic. That is just basic. Today, you have people, barely you can convince them to donate $100 to poor people. And they think that they did tshuva from love. People have no concept of what loving Hashem is. No concept. They love themselves so much. They are so addicted to their own desires. They don't even know what loving God even means. But they live this delusion that somebody planted into their head that you could just easily fix a life full of wrongs just like that. It's not easy. It's not impossible, but it's not so easy. A person needs to understand living a life of Torah is living a life of blessing. Even if that blessing is full of difficulties and, and, and full of uh, hurdles, don't think for a moment that if you were going against Hashem, you wouldn't have a worse life. For sure, your life would be worse if you weren't doing tshuva. For sure, 100 million percent. No, but what do you mean? When I was secular, I used to be rich. So what, you think that because you did tshuva, Hashem is punishing you? You think that Hashem took your money or took uh, your job because you did tshuva? That's, that's what kind of God you're serving right now? person doesn't understand that whatever decree they have in their hand, that was what HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided one way or the other. It's just that the difference is in the past, it would have been simply an outright result of your actions and a punishment that wouldn't work, wouldn't help you in any way. But today, now that you're doing tshuva, if you have any difficulty, that difficulty is to pay for past sins. It's to clean you up in order to make sure that the blessings comes bigger and sooner. And these are some of the things that people simply fail to understand because they're too busy looking at the people out there that are pretending to be successful, pretending to do well, pretending as if the world is better off without God, is better off without Torah. And the reality is all they're doing, the people that are living without Hashem or the people that are even looking at them while living with Hashem, but they're still looking at them in admiration, is simply shooting themselves in the foot. You watching Netflix, you watching television, you watching shows on the internet, and admiration of the secular people is simply shooting yourself in the foot. It's simply killing yourself. You're, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other guy to die. It doesn't make any sense. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says in our Torah, you have a life of blessings and curses. Blessings and curses. You live with the Torah, your life is full of blessings. Everything that you do is going to be a blessing. Even a difficulty is a blessing. Even a difficulty is a blessing. You live a life that's against the Torah, everything you do is a curse. Everything is going to be a nightmare. The joy that you have, you'll get punished for it. The suffering you have won't pay for anything. It's so horrible. Some of the sages from the Rishonim, Rishonim, we're talking about 900 years ago, sages that we psak halacha based on, say that a person that has not done tshuva even as mitzvot don't count they don't get reward for any mitzvah the words of the sages are scary they're petrifying people think oh listen he doesn't keep shabbat but he gave some stockers so that's gonna help him right according to some sages no it's actually not gonna help him in fact he'll get punished even for his mitzvot it's it's when when akadosh Baruch Hu says in his parasha blessing or curses that's what it means when you are doing tshuva everything turns into a blessing everything 
You live a life full of Hashem, everything is a blessing. The good is a blessing. It's a Kiddush Hashem that you see a religious Jew succeeding, doing good things. Baruch Hashem. See a religious Jew suffering? It's an opportunity for the community to help him. It's an opportunity for everybody to do chesed. It's an opportunity for everybody to uh, get rid of some of their own uh, extra wool. So we can uh, fix ourselves. You see a Jew suffering? You're the one that's suffering? It's paying a bill of something that you did in the past. It's a blessing. But you see a Jew, you see a Jew that is, a, uh, that is going against Hashem, everything is a curse. Everything is a curse. Everything in their life. If they're suffering in life, somebody broke their heart, somebody broke their face, somebody broke their windshield, somebody stole from them, that's a punishment and it's not going to pay for anything. Why? Because they're continuing to make more and more sins. All of that money was either stolen or misappropriated or uh, uh, illegally acquired or whatever it is. All of their uh, 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 beauty they're misusing. All of their uh, the, uh, the good things that Hashem gave them, all the blessings they're misusing. So when Hashem takes away, it's not going to take away their, their punishment. They're still going to get punished for all the crimes. What about when they're enjoying life? What about when they're going in a, uh, and they're getting a standing ovation for performing an abomination? What about when they're going on vacation and sli- swimming in the middle of the ocean and having a good time? What about that? They will be punished for that joy too. Meaning everything turns into a curse. Everything turns into a curse. This is in essence the reason why when Am Yisrael that was glued to Hashem would hear Rabotai, Rosh Chodesh Elul. Narvit, Arvit, was Rosh Chodesh Elul. They would announce at the synagogue that it's officially Rosh Chodesh. Some of the people in the community hearing this would pass out from the fear and trepidation that we are a month away from Judgment Day for the entire world. For the entire people for for the entire creation we are a month away from judgment why it's a, not enough time to fix all my mistakes most people don't even realize there's anything wrong with them needless to say fix in the previous generation or even to this day there are people that understand that as much as they know and as much good as they do they still have a lot to fix how do you know you're still in this world if you were perfect, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make you like Chanoch, make you into an angel. You wouldn't be in this world if you were so perfect. But nonetheless, a person that is in this world and hears Elul, nothing happens. Not even scared. All they think about, ah, oh, do I have to wake up early now for Slichot? Ah, really? Is it an obligation, Rabbi, or is it a custom? Do I have to do it? Or It's like, okay, if I don't go. Can I just do it at 5 o'clock in my community, 5 o'clock p.m.? My community, is that okay? Everybody already starts thinking about, oh, you know what? I like the songs. People forget the whole point of Elul is to prepare for Judgment Day. Prepare for Judgment Day. They have no concept of Judgment Day. Why? Because they're just simply living their life. This is just another season. It's another thing to do. They don't realize that they have extra fat that they have to shed. And that this is the opportunity. The Gemara says... Tzedakah is going to save a person from death. Tzedakah is going to save a person from suffering. But a person doesn't realize that. What is he like? What is he like? He says, imagine that there are two sheeps. And they both want to 
crossed the uh, river. One of them already shed, already uh, was, uh, was, all of the wool was taken off of him. So as soon as he goes into the water, he goes through it with no problem. No problem. The wave comes, just lowers his head and just continues to go. No problem. The other one didn't want to take off his wool. Why? He likes his wool. Likes it. He worked hard for that wool. He says, I'm going to meet up with you. Okay, come, I'm waiting for you on the other side. He jumps into the river. And you see, everything looks good. Wow, it's nice weather out there. Everything's good. All of a sudden, a big wave comes. And that wave, that wave, that wave catches on his wall. His wall is soaked. And it takes him and his wall all the way off the cliff. Chachamim say this is the difference between somebody that gave tzedakah with generosity and someone that's a kamtsan, someone that's stingy. Why? Someone that gave tzedakah for the sake of Torah, for the sake of helping people do tshuva, for the sake of helping people eat, for the sake of helping Am Yisrael. Kadosh Baruch gave him a blessing, but he doesn't need all of it. He doesn't need all of it. You can shed off some of your, uh, some of your wool. You know, it's going to grow back. You can make it back. You don't have to keep everything in some big bank account, some Bitcoin. You could shed some of it. You can give 10, 20% of your money every time you make to, for the sake of the Torah. He understood. He says, you're right. I don't need this extra wool. And when judgment day came and the, and the wave came, he was clean. Nothing was holding him back. He said, oh, this guy's clean. He gave. The other guy says, listen, what do you want? Stock out? Okay, I'll give you $100. What do you mean give me $100? You made $150,000 this year. You give $100. Taka. Listen, Rabbi, I'm, uh, you know, I'm waiting. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for Yom Kippur. Waiting for Yom Kippur? What do you mean you're waiting for Yom Kippur? No, in Yom Kippur, I want to buy an Aliyah in a, in a big Knesset. Wait. So, first of all, you're assuming you're going to live till Yom Kippur. Second of all, you're assuming that the buying an Aliyah in a big Knesset is more important than to save somebody's life today with giving them uh, some uh, some Torah, with publicizing Torah today. and so You're not really understanding what the point of the mitzvah is. It seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're actually not looking to do a mitzvah with your tzedakah. You're looking to just do some marketing, to tell people that you can buy a bunch of money in order to go up into the podium and uh, get blessing or something like that. That's, that's what it really seems like. You're going to, instead of, giving money now for Torah, for an opportunity of Torah. Now, you're waiting for Yom Kippur. You're waiting for Rosh Hashanah. So then you're going to give 15, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars. Now, only you're willing to give a hundred dollars. That's the logic? In many cases, that's the logic. In many cases, that's the logic. So he shows up to Rosh Hashanah with the wall still on him. And the, and the wave comes. The wave comes, Hashem Yishmovi the judgment comes to everybody on Yom Kippur. The judgment comes, the judgment comes to everybody on Rosh Hashanah. 
and a judgment sees ah you still have all that wool on you Woof. and unfortunately this is what happens when people misunderstand the point of mitzvot the point of torah they think that they know better you don't know better that's what knows better that's what knows better and many times people think that they have that Torah just because you know how to speak doesn't mean you know that Torah just because you read some books doesn't mean you have that Torah in fact the most people most people that only watch Shure Torah and do not know how to read Gemara Poskim and have not become serious cannot even attain that Torah anytime in the near future they can hear it and believe it and follow it but to 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 simply have it naturally never happening why that Torah is not something you buy in a telly you're not gonna get that Torah by simply watching uh, uh, uh clips on YouTube it's never gonna happen you can understand that Torah you could uh, follow it even but to have it naturally never gonna happen but unfortunately many people don't understand what that is they think that just because they uh, remember a couple of good stories and uh they uh know how to say chazaku baruch they think that they know what the torah is and unfortunately many times they end up making some of the biggest mistakes that end up hurting themselves end up hurting themselves and it's a chilul uh, hashem is not that you made hashem less is that you made hashem look like it's less than he is he's never less he's never less hashem never hurt but desecrating Hashem's name is making Hashem look like he's less making a Torah look like it's less in essence all you did is hurt yourself Parashat Re'eh tells us you live glued to Torah glued to Da'at Torah you're going to be living a life of blessing you glue yourself to your own opinion to your own logic you think that you know better than Hashem your whole life Hashem Yishmael it's simply a cursed life from beginning to end and we're not even talking about what happens after the end we're simply talking about this life every single one of these people that you see today that is going against the Torah either publicly privately every single one of them no exception you'll see wait and see I promise you you'll see how all of their glamour all of their winning all of their glory you'll see it's just a matter of time where each one of them gets to a point where there's so many curses in their life their life falls apart that unorthodox show you'll see each one of those people that are there if they don't do tshuva you'll see how their life literally turns into the biggest embarrassment in the history of the of, of, of Am Israel, you'll see how these people literally want to p- put themselves in a situation where I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing multiple suicides that's how bad it's gonna be why there's no more time this is the last train this is the last train Rabotai. this generation is the last train there's no more time for people to play around and you see it in the world and Akadosh Baruch Hu promises us you live with the Torah your life is gonna be full of blessings the blessings that are clear they're enjoyable are blessings the difficulties are still gonna be blessings a person doesn't a 
person goes against, a person thinks that they know better than the Gedolei Ador, better than the Da'at Torah, better than the Gemara, thinks that they know what, uh, what, uh, what Hashem says, even if they never even read uh, what Hashem said, these people simply, they, they're, they're a living curse. And it's a very, very sad, very sad uh, conclusion that they'll end up arriving to. Sometimes that conclusion comes very fast. It doesn't have to wait seven years. Everybody assumes they're going to live to an old age and they're going to have all the time in the world to, uh, to do tshuva, to change their ways. Hashem doesn't wait for anybody. Hashem doesn't wait for anybody. Everybody has a clock already predetermined. Predetermined before they come to this world. He's not waiting for anybody. He simply knows you have this amount of time. This amount of time. You do it, good. You don't do it, the end. That's one of the things that a person needs to understand. If you take Kadosh Baruch seriously, your life is the best in the world. It's the best in the world. There's, there's simply no better life in the No better life. There is no better life than living with a Kadosh Baruch at all times. But don't live an illusion that you think that you're living with Kadosh Baruch but in reality, you can't find any friends. You can't find anyone, not friends like, you know, to go watch a movie with, Chas Friends meaning no one in the Torah world agrees with you. You're the only one that agrees with yourself. Even in the Gemara, you have to find a friend. Chachamim, they were able to resurrect the dead. They couldn't rely on their own opinion. They had to find another sage that agrees with them, that has a source, that uh, heard it from another Chacham. They can't just uh, create out of thin air. Everything has to have a Masoret to the source, which means you have other friends, you have other people that are of the same Da'at Torah. It's not uh, you unique by yourself, like unfortunately some people out there uh, like you have in the, uh, in the in the world today, both rabbinical and uh, government and secular world. So, Bezat Hashem, this will give us a little bit more of a chizuk uh, uh, to get a little stronger with ourselves, get a little bit more serious ourselves, prepare for Elul that's coming in just literally a matter of days, it's beginning. Uh, start really uh, taking things even higher, even more serious. Start... Uh, really putting our heads down to uh, and, and getting things getting things done. You know that there are certain weaknesses that you have, start working on it. Pick one, work on it during Elul. You know there are certain things that you're doing wrong, fix it. You know somebody you hurt, apologize. But don't apologize on text message, uh, hey, uh, such and such, listen, I uh, destroyed your life in front of 15 people, but uh, you forgive me. Don't do one of them. Don't, don't, that's not an uh, apology. As much as the crime has to be the tshuva. Has to be the tshuva. And this is Rabotai, each person has to do. Has to do. Everybody has to check what they did right and what they did wrong. Not on Rosh Hashanah. Not on Yom Kippur. Now. Now they have to do it. And start fixing. Start fixing. Start fixing. This will be a little bit of a uh, boost for each one of us to start fixing. Shalom b'chai everyone, we're about to start a new week, a new week of wars, not only the wars against the bad people, but also wars to continue helping the good people. As many of you know, uh, some of the things that we do behind the scenes as part of our organization, Be'ezot Hashem, is chesed, to help the good people, help the people that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent our way to help them and uh, do ourselves a favor 
of being the hand that uh, feeds them, being the hand that uh, pays for the doctor for an emergency surgery or to uh, help somebody uh, pay the electric bill, all types of other needs. There are many, many projects that continue to come our way and uh, many of them are extraordinary people that we know, we know personally, that uh, we verify, we have somebody who knows them and uh, Hashem, the stories continue to come in. Now you're going to hear also a recording from a a fantastic, extraordinary person that you've probably heard his voice before in uh, some of our other recordings, first mainly Mordechai Shaf. He's an extraordinary person with enormous amount of Isulim and suffering in his life. Countless surgeries, different parts of his body, lost his ability to hear in, uh, in one ear and uh, seeing one eye. His family doesn't even know about the ear. But uh, this is something that we just got uh, a few days ago and he's telling us with much tears. Uh, his wife uh, had uh, some type of issue where she uh, lost her ability to speak in a uh, you know in the normal way she always did her whole life and uh, from embarrassment they had to move uh, to a different neighborhood because she was so embarrassed of herself uh, and if that wasn't enough recently in his uh, job he cut off uh, in an accident two fingers just uh, in, in an accident that unfortunately is unfixable. So there are many people like this that reach out to us and we try to do the best that we can to help them. Right now, Mordechai needs help to marry off his daughter. His daughter is an extraordinary person that herself is a Baalat Chesed. She helps a lot of people. She uh, every day takes care of two uh, special needs children. And uh, surely she's a uh, person that we want to, to help. If you would like to be our partner in this project to help marry off her, his daughter or many other projects, please, Open up your hearts, open up your pocketbooks, and make sure to be generous because there are many, many people that can use our help. And as we all know, the time of Mashiach is here, and there are two things that will save each one of us Torah and Bilut Chasidim. Torah, we have to all keep Shabbat, we have to all keep mitzvot, there's no question about it. But the same token, we also have to have Chesed. And Chesed includes helping people do Tshuva, doing Kiruv, as well as helping people that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends your way sends your way for you to help them one way or another. Please be generous and make sure that you're a partner with good people for good things. B'chavaz l'chav to each one of you and we'll talk very soon. Kol tov. Omnom ha'sha'a mo'od mo'ucheret v'ashtayim b'alayl od ma'ad aval ma'a na'aseh ha'kev u'gadol ani rotze l'fnot elechem rabbanim chashuvim yudim ekarim אני כולי רועד מהתרגשות, עוד חודשיים פחות. אנחנו ניגש לקודש ברוך הוא, כשארון הקודש יהיה פתוח, ונגיד לו, קולי, שמע, וראה, דמע, עיני, במילים האלו, אני פונה אליכם, יהודים יקרים. קולי, ולא רק קולי, כל אשתי, וכל הבחורה החשובה, שמעו, לא רק שמעו, הבינו, ואני לא יכול להגיד לכם הוא רואה דמה, כי הקודש ברוך הוא רואה, אבל תאמינו לי, הדמעות לא נגמרות. כמו שדוד המלך אומר בתהילים, בדמעתי ארסי אמסה, מסבירים המפרשים, שאני מלכלך את הכלי מיטה שלי. בדמעות הנגרות מעיניי ללא סוף. אתם ודאי תשאלו מה השולחן הזה. 
אני לצערי הרב עברתי המון, 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 המון בחיים. אני כבר 15 שנה שאני נמצא בבתי חולים, אשפוזים, ניתוחים, בלי סוף. ובכוח הרצון והתפילה אני עדיין שורד. על כולנה קרה מקרה לפני פחות מחודש, שנקטעו לי שתי אצבעות, חלק גדול מהידיים שלי. והנה, תראו, פשוט נקטעו לי. ייסורים, כאבים, מכאובים, עצרו לי את החיים, הפסדתי את העבודה כרגע. אבל עוד פחות מחודשיים וחצי יש לי בת, והיא הולכת להגיע בעזרת השם לחתונה. אנחנו צריכים לעשות הכל, ואני מבקש מכם, תעשו הכל, שהיא תגיע בלי בושה, שלא תתבייש מהחברות שלה. לא נעים לי להגיד, אני לא אוהב לחשוף דברים מהמשפחה. לצערי, בפעם אחת מהלידות אשתי איבדה את הדיבור והתחילה לגמגם מאוד. אבל כל התמודדויות קשות. אני יכול לראות לי מסמך מהירור רפואה וחיים, ואני מראה לכם את זה, איך שפה רשום בפנים, שחיתנתי לפני שנתיים שתי ילדים, שתי מחינוך מיוחד, זה גם לא בא כל כך קל. זה גם קשה. והנה אני אציג לכם חלק קטן מהמסמכים. הנה זה ממד"א, זה ניתוח, זה סיכום ניתוח, זה הפניה לבדיקה, עוד הפניה ועוד הפניה, זה התעודת זהות עם כל הילדים שלי. פה זה מכתב שחרור של ניתוח מלפני כמה שנים, פה זה עוד ניתוח. פה זה סיכום מה... שאני צריך עכשיו לעשות על כף היד. פה יש לכם הסכמות מרבנים גדולים בדין צדק. פה יש לכם בדין צדק השליח בדין, כתב לי מכתב. קחו דוגמה רק שיניים, מה שהיה לי בשנים האחרונות. הנה, 15,000, 7,000, 6,000, 6,000, בלי סוף. תרופות, הכל מלא תרופות, כל שעתיים סוכר, כל ארבע שעות לחץ דם, ככה זה נמצא פה על השולחן כל היום. כתוב הרי הרופא אשם לנשברי לב, ולכל הדברים האלו השם נותן שליחים. כמו שאנחנו אומרים מכאן שניתנה רשות לרופא לרפא. אז גם פה אותו דבר, בבקשה, אני מתחנן בפניכם. תהיו אתם הרופאים עכשיו, תרפו את הנפש שלנו. עומדת בחורה, ילדה, שכל כולה, אין יום שהיא לא יוצאת עם ילדי חולי תסמונת דאון, או ילדים אחרים, צמחים כאלו, מסכנים, מטיילת איתם, מנהלת ארגון שלם, היא כל כולה חסד, והיא שואלת אותי ביידיש, תתי, בוז וזן, אבא, מה יהיה איתי? כל אחד שיכול שיקח משהו, אם זה בגדים, אם זה שבת קלה, אם זה חתונה, אני חייב, חייב להתקדם, אני לא יכול לבייש בת ישראל. הרי בחתונות הקודמות מכרתי פעמותים, מכרתי מה שהיה לי. ושתבינו, אני עובר המון, עין שמאל לא רואה, אוזן שמאל לא שומעת, ניחושים ברגליים חלשים מאוד, המון 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 בעיות. 
אני רק רוצה לצלם לכם לשנייה את המקרר, ובזה אני אסיים. איך שנראה מוצאי שבת מקרר אצלי בבית. גם זה הרי לא יאומן כי יסופר. אצלי בבית כבר חודשים, חודשים, חודשים שלא נכנס עוף הביתה, רק כנפיים. אני מחנות אחת לוקח גרונות חינם ועצמות שנעשה בזה מרק, ורק כנפיים. ואני לא בוכה, לא מתלונן, אבל דבר אחד, תהיו עכשיו רופאים שלי, תרפאו את הנפש השמורה, תנגבו את הדמעות. מהעיניים שלי ושל אשתי. תעזרו לי להתארגן. אני רוצה להגיד לה, אסתי היקרה, הנה, את בת מלך ותהיי בת מלך. ובעזרת השם, בזכות כל החסד, יעזור השם שגם אתם תיוושעו בתשועת עולמים, ושישמעו רק טוב החסד יעשה עמכם כל הימים, אמן. הרב ירון ראובן, הרב אפרים כחלון, ראשי ארגון בעזרת השם, שערכו בפעיון, שעלו מעלה מעלה, יהיה להם ברכה והצלחה, הקדוש ברוך הוא ימלא בלשונות ליבם, לטובה ולברכה, שבכל אשר יפנו, ישכילו ויצליחו, יזכו לעשות כאלה וכאלה, הודיעו תורה לאדירה, אמן ואמן. הוא היהודי הזה, הוא היה מיליונר, סגר את כל הביזנס, אמר אני משקיע פה בעולמה של תורה, בפלורידה. פלורידה, איפה זה פלורידה? באמריקה. כן, ליד. אנחנו שם עכשיו הולכים להקים קהילה ספרדית גדולה. קהילה ספרדית גדולה.